Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open up your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and meet me at verse 10. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10. Now, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And so today's message, I want to title God grants big requests. Say that with me. God grants big requests. Say it one more time. God grants big requests. And we're going to piggyback off of what we talked about last week. We called it the magnitude of the request. And you can listen to that message at truelifefc.org. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon. uh, We're on Google. We're on Apple. We're on YouTube. We're all over. You can find us in any available voice and check out this message from last week. God grant or the magnitude of the request. Today, we're going to talk about God grants big requests. And we found out last week that Jabez was an unknown man who had a rough start, but he had a bright future. It says that when he was born, his mother called him Jabez because he was born in sorrow, but he was well respected by his brothers and his relatives. And so in between, Jabez did something that caused him to not only have sorrow at the beginning, but at the end of well respected, I believe that he prayed a big prayer. Uh, the scriptures don't tell us much more about Jabez except that he prayed this prayer and he said, God bless me indeed. And then he says to enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me. That's the power and presence of God. And he says that you would keep me or protect me from evil that I may not cause pain. And I love this. We find out the will of God. God granted him what he requested. And so he said, he didn't say just bless me. He said, bless me indeed. And somewhere along the lines, you and I have been taught through uh, tradition, through religion, to Pookie and Ray Ray, that we are not allowed to ask God for big things. Somewhere along the lines, we've been taught we are not allowed to ask God for what we desire. But how many of you know that God places the desires inside of your heart? He's the one that puts the desires there. And if you are saved and if you are a saint and you are abiding in him and his word is abiding in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be given unto you because the desires are one in the same. You and God are one. He is the vine. You are the branch. And so you have to be concerned about selfish desires when you are abiding in him. When you're biting him, what he places in your heart is what he wants you to believe him for. And so Jabez says, bless me indeed. Are you bold enough to say that? Say that right now. I mean, you got to be bold to say that. He didn't just say bless me. He said, bless me indeed. Greatly bless me. Greatly empower me to prosper. Greatly abound and increase, increase me. Bless me indeed. And we find in 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 14 and 15. 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15. The apostle John says, now this is the confidence, that's faith. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything, somebody shout anything, anything. according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, somebody shout whatever, whatever, whatever we ask, we know that we have. 
We've got to request the petitions that we have asked of him. But somebody about that, somebody I can hear you now. Somebody said, well, we got to ask according to his will. Well, his will is the word of God. And we see in the word of God that Jabez asked and God granted. So that must be the will of God. To ask big, to think big, to require big, that must be God's will because he granted it for Jabez. And if he's no respecter of persons, then he's got to grant that for me too. Hallelujah. And so he says, ask whatever and anything you ask, you can have what you ask for. Now, John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's take a look there. John chapter 10, verse 10. This is in the Passion Translation. Says the thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance. More than you expect. Life in its fullness. Until you run out. Is that what it says? Until you're homeless. No. What does it say? I can't hear you. Overflow. Say it again. Overflow. So God's will, God's plan is to give you life. God's plan is to give you abundance more than you expect until you overflow. So it's time for you and I to tear down the walls and fences of limitations that we have placed on ourselves and believe God for abundance. Somebody shout abundance. abundance. Somebody shout overflow. overflow. Now this is so important. I was thinking, I woke up this morning and I was thinking, I like to just meditate Be on Sunday mornings. Oh, I meditate every morning, but Sunday mornings I like to, I call it think myself clear before I deliver a message. Just think about what the Lord wants to say and how he wants to say it and as I was sitting there reflecting and thinking, the Lord popped this story into my memory and he told me to share it. And if you've been with me long enough, you've heard this story, but I'm going to share it again because some of you haven't been with me and, and you need to hear it. And so around 2004 or so, I was thinking about it this morning, I was unemployed. I had gotten fired <laughs> from a job that I thought I would be in for a long time. They wrongfully let me go. And I was unemployed. I was, I had, I, at that point, I had, uh, uh, I was, I had some savings, but I decided that I don't want to run out the savings. I need to move back in with mom and dad. How many know what I'm talking about? And I was, I was depressed. I was sad. I, I didn't know what direction I was going. And, uh, I just simply was just down, just really down. Young man, just simply down. And I had lunch with a particular guy, and this guy walked in, and he brought a hundred grand candy bar. He brought this, he brought a candy bar to lunch, hundred grand candy bar, and he handed it to me, and he said, "Don't eat this until you make a hundred grand." Now, I'm broke, unemployed, <laughs> 2004 or so, unemployed. Didn't know which direction I was going to go in life. And when he said that to me, I took it as a word from God. I took it as a word from God. I said, you know what? God is saying, don't eat this candy until you make an underground. Now, uh, full disclosure, I don't have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a master's degree. 
I don't have all these letters before or after my name. Uh, to, to the world, I'm not educated. I dropped out of college. Now, kids and young people, if God's called you to be in school, Zai, if you're listening, stay in school. Matter of fact, Zai got a full ride scholarship, praise God. Amen. And you know how we call scholarships in that confession? It, it happened. And so uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't have all that. So I, I'm, you know, I'm working nickel and dime jobs, you know, trying to move up just through the ranks. And but when this man, his name is Hugo, this man, Hugo, came to me and said, don't eat this candy until you make a hundred grand. Well, after the lunch, I grabbed the candy bar and I said, Lord, I ask you to let this be fulfilled. I ask you to let me eat this candy bar. I desire to make $100,000 a year. So, I was thinking about it this morning. I go. I, 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 I moved to Charlotte. At that point, I was in Fort Worth. I moved to Charlotte, came to Charlotte. I was working at a bakery. You know my story. Uh, then I got hired as an entry-level job at a bank, uh, making $28,000. Oh, I got cable in the house when I did that because I couldn't afford... <laughs> Cable and, and Wi-Fi or, or, or anything. When I start 28,500, that's what it was, 28,500. Man, I turned the cable on and I got the Wi-Fi on in my apartment. And we, uh, I, I was just excited. Well, I kept this candy bar just by my computer. And the Lord reminded me of this morning. I just kept doing what was before me. I kept pursuing what was before me. 2008, so 2004, I'm unemployed, sad, depressed, got fired from a job. 2008, I get the end of the year W-2 form, and I made $109,000 that year. Amen. Four years. I grabbed the candy bar that was four years old, and I ate the candy bar. Now, I've told that story in the past, and there have been a couple of people that have emailed me or told their testimony that they ate their candy bar, too. And if this story inspires you, guess what I did? I bought a bunch of candy bars for you. <laughs> On your way out, grab you a hundred grand candy bar. And if you already make a hundred grand, add an extra hundred grand to what you already made. Come on, somebody. It's about the request. God fulfilled my request because... He loves me. And because I was bold enough to believe him for something supernatural. In the positions that I was getting hired for and promoted in, I got promoted three times in two years. 28,000, then it went to 50,000, and then the 50,000 doubled to 100,000. And that following year was 128,000, whatever the case may be. Uh, I need to tell the rest of the story. Then the Lord told me, to step away and go into full-time ministry. Now, the year prior, I made $129,000, $139,000. The Lord said, step away, go into full-time ministry. What, what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that if you ask big, God grants big requests. He grants big requests. I used to work for a ministry called Kenneth Copeland Ministries, one of the premier television ministries out today. And I, when I worked for this ministry, I was in maintenance and I did nickel and dime jobs, you know, and did it to the glory of God. Didn't make a lot of money or anything like that. 
And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to be on their broadcast. I want to be featured. I want to be interviewed. I want to, I want to, I want to sit behind the table and I want to talk behind the table. Now, it's one thing to work at a ministry. It's one thing for, for you to know people. It's one thing for people to know you. But it's another thing for them to think you have value in what you are saying. So I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, one day I want to be featured. I, I want you to put me on this broadcast. I want them to broadcast me out and I want to sit behind this table and and I want them to talk to me and talk. And I talk to them and we have a camera on and we talk to the world. Well, that's happened three times. Three times I've gotten called by them to go. Come on, you can clap better than that. This this is not a brag on me. This is asking for big things, things that you can't do on your own, things that only God can make happen for you. And I believe that we have limited God. In Psalm 78, 41, take a look here. Psalm 78, 41. This is the New King James Version. It says, yes, again and again, they tempted God. How did they tempt him? They limited the Holy One of Israel. I like what the Passion Translation says. Take a look at the Passion Translation. It says, again and again, they limited God, preventing him from blessing them. Do you see that terminology? Their limitation of God prevented him from blessing them. Now, is God limited? No. But can we limit him? Yes. And so limitations are simply boundaries or caps or restrictions or parameters that we uh, have placed upon God. In, in a natural sense, limitations in and of themselves are not bad things. Naturally speaking, uh, an age limit is a good thing. Isn't it a good thing to have an age limit that you have to be a certain age before you get behind the wheel and drive a car? I'm so glad that that is an effect that that my seven year old Zerg J cannot get behind that car legally and start driving it. He's not ready to do that. There is a limit place that at 16. I'm glad that they have limit on alcohol consumption and I'm glad that there are age limits on all types of things on purchasing certain things. And and these are not bad things. Uh, there's speed limits. Aren't you glad about the speed limit? I'm glad that in my neighborhood it has a speed limit that someone can't fly down 89 miles an hour through the neighborhood. There's a speed limit. Limits in and of themselves are not bad things because limits reduce risk. Limits reduce risk. But because limits reduce risk, risk means that there's a chance we might lose. So we place a limit because we want to reduce the risk of losing something. So there's a limit. But we've taken these limits that in the natural, these parameters, these restrictions that naturally speaking work in some areas in our life from a human to human level. And we've placed those same limits on God. And we've said that only God can do certain things in our life. Uh, we, we've said through our actions or through our inability to request big that God just simply make my toe feel better. And God's like, I want to give you a brand new toe. 
God, oh, I just, just, uh, if you can, if you would, I don't know if it's your will or not, uh, make my back feel better. And God's saying, I want to give you a new back. And, and here's the problem with the will of God. I must say this. Sometimes we think that God's will is found after the fact. But God's will is found before the fact because it's in the word of God. We can find God's will in his word and then faith begins where the will of God is known. So you're not going to have faith to ask big things from God if you don't know his will. But if you look in Jabez's life and if you look what John said and if you look what Jesus said, I've come to give you life and more life more abundantly, then you understand it is his will that we have more than enough. I'm going to say it. It is not his will that we're struggling paycheck to paycheck. That's not the will of God. It is not his will that you are behind on your bills. Are you listening to me? That's not the will of God. Now, you might be there. That's where you might be. I mean, yes, we don't want to live in our past and we can't live in our future. We got to live in our reality. We might be there, but understand God's will is to get me out of paycheck to paycheck living. God's will is to get me out of in debt to these bills. God's will is to increase me and to abound so that I can be a blessing. Then you can release your faith in that direction. Who am I talking to today? If I'm talking to you, say amen. Amen. Now, we place limits on God and we do it unintentionally we place limits on him and we think that if I can't do it God can't do it now think about this seriously we think you and I think that if I can't do it God can't do it And so we don't ask him for nothing bigger than what we can do. We ask him for stuff that we can do. Lord, give me a job. And he said, just write out a resume, put it in. Bless God, for ask me for favor, your favor, and go get the job. You should be asking, Lord, make me an owner. Who am I talking to in here? Make me a business owner. Uh, Now we need God to get from point A to point Z. And whoever will receive this, I just heard this in my heart, is for those that receive it, God's going to allow you to skip some steps. Who is that for? Who is that for? God is going to allow you to skip some steps. When you ask him, when you ask him big, he's going to allow you to skip. And so the dumbest thing you and I can do is put a limit on God. We measure God by our own limitations. And God is unlimited. He is boundless. He is infinite. He is vast. He is measureless. He is more than enough. All week long, I've been meditating on the greatness of God. It's Psalms chapter 50. We read that in the offering is talking about the greatness of God. and, And I believe it was Isaiah 40 talks about the vastness of God. I've been reading these passages, getting my mind off of me and onto him and how he can do big things and he can get big things done quickly. Mm. Babe, I'm preaching. I don't know if they're getting it. I hope y'all are getting it. I need some more amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. All right, all right. You're still here with me. Glory to God. Do not limit God to time, to manner, or to means. 
Well, God's going to have to do it in this period of time. Don't limit him. He's going to have to do it in this type of manner. Don't limit him. He's going I know what he's going to do. He's going to use my rich uncle to take care of this for me. Don't, no, no, don't limit him because God can get to you anything from anyone, anywhere, at any time. This is what God can do. So don't limit him. In my life, I've seen God bless Stacy and I abundantly from sources. Let me say it this way. God's our source. Resources that we never even considered. We never even considered. God did it from resources we never considered. Don't place any limits on God. God is unrestricted. He's unconfined. He's boundless. He's infinite. And he is vast. We serve of God of endless possibilities. Do you believe that? Endless possibilities. God is a big God. And don't be limited about what you can do. Don't be limited about what your mother and father have done. Don't be limited about what your bank account says. God can get it to you if we just ask big. If we just ask big. Several years ago, I remember the Garrises, we were up here and we had a prayer line up here. And we, were, we were praying for people for abundance just to occur in their life. I believe in abundance, glory to God. It's the will of God. I've been broke and I like abundance a whole lot better. Amen. Amen. And we were praying over the Garrises and I'll never forget this. We prayed and I said, don't be afraid to let the bank account go to zero. And they said, oh, Lord, they said, you know what? Uh, that was for and I turned to them and I said, no, that was for me. I said that to you, but that was for me. Don't be afraid to let the bank account go to zero. Who am I talking to in here? Don't be afraid because the bank account's not your source. The bank account is not your limit. You serve a limitless God. You serve an abundant God. You serve a vast God. He can get anything to you from anyone, anywhere, at any time. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. He doesn't care about your age. Well, I'm too old. God didn't say you were too old. Moses started when he was 80. That's when he got started. When he was 80. He don't, don't. Well, I'm too young. You're not too young. Josiah was a king at seven. Seven years old. Well, I'm too old. I'm too young. He don't care about your age. He don't care about your background. Well, I came from a broke, busting, disgusted background. And the reason why I got to wear these cheap clothes, because my mama wore these cheap clothes and, and we got to stay cheap because this is how I was raised. He don't care about that. He don't care about your color. Well, I'm the wrong color. You ain't the wrong color. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a female and God, you know, I, I don't know. I'm supposed to be behind. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. God doesn't care about your education level. He don't care. I know people that got uh, letters behind their name that they can sing a song. And they are broke, busted, and disgusted. And I know people that don't barely have a, a high school diploma. And the hand of the Lord is upon them. God doesn't care about your educational level. He doesn't care about your age or your background. He only hears the cries of his saints who ask him big stuff. Lord, give it to me big. I want it all, praise God. Why? So I can be a blessing. This is all about blessing humanity. See, you've been praying about, well, take care of my needs. And God said, listen, I've already, I've already said I'm going to supply your need. 
Lord, take care, take care of my need. He said, I told you already over 2,000 years ago that I'm going to supply your need. Stop talking to me about your need and talk to me about helping somebody else. Whoo, I'm preaching better than you sound this morning. Several years ago, I called our accountant. No, no, back up. He called me. And this, our church account, I love him. He's been with us since day one. Faithful man of God. I love Frank. And he called me and said, Pastor Devon. If you know Frank, that's how he talks. Pastor Devon. I said, yeah, Frank, what's going on, sir? He said, uh, just want to let you know that the bank account, it's, it's, we only got it. We got less than $100 in the church bank account. I just wanted you to know. I said, Frank, I'm looking at land. He said, oh, he said, you're looking at some land. I said, man, I'm looking at some land. We're going to buy some land. And he was like, well, yeah, and he got on the, got on the computer. Well, the, yeah, it looks like land, this and that. And I said, Frank, I'm looking for facilities. And we started talking about facilities and land. And he goes, Pastor Devon, I called you to tell you that we didn't have any money in the church account. <laughs> and now you got me talking about land and buildings and helping people and being a blessing to people. He said, you changed this whole conversation. I said, Frank, that's God's business. My business is to ask him for big stuff. I want him to come through for us. I don't want you to say, well, look what Devon did. I want you to say, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. And guess what? God ain't ever asked a whole lot of people to get anything done. Just look throughout the scripture. He ain't ever asked a whole lot of people to get anything done. He asked Abraham, I want you to be the father of many nations. And we sit and think, well, you know, we're in the Exodus project now. Well, well, you know, how in the world all that money going to come in? God going to use you. Well, and, and, and he going to get the glory. Sometimes, well, you know, if a mega church do well, you know, a mega church, they got 30,000. If everybody give 100, they pay that land off. Then they get the praise. Now, I'm not opposed to mega churches, by the way. I'm just saying they get praise. But when God uses a handful of people to do something miraculous, he gets all the glory for it. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, use me, Lord. And so he doesn't, he, he doesn't care about your age, your background, your education. He, he has endless possibilities. And we need to stop measuring him by our own limitations. The truth is you are your only limit. You are your only limit. You can get big things done with God, with him all things are possible. And so we, 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 are, we need to ask him for big things. I said this last week, and it bears witness saying again. I, I want you to hear it because I'm, I'm on another level in my thinking now. I'm thinking about big stuff now. I, I mean, listen, either we serve a big God or we don't. I mean, and one miracle is a, worth a thousand sermons. One manifestation of the greatness of our God is worth a thousand servants. And so I told y'all this last week. I'm going to tell you again. We were a couple weeks ago, we were in the airport and we're sitting in the airport. And if you've ever been in the terminal, terminals gets full and your gate. I mean, that little tiny gate. I mean, there ain't enough chairs at that gate for everybody on the plane to sit. So people are all over the floor, sitting on the floor. And Stacey was sitting next to me. She goes, this is a fire hazard. I said, yeah, I guess it is a fire hazard. And I sat back and I said, Lord. And I heard in my heart, we find private next time. Come on, somebody. I don't have private money. I don't have anywhere near private money. So when I fly private next time, 
I'm going to get up here and I'm going to tell you that. And it's going to be God that provided the access to private. But in Isaiah 55, the Lord said, you can purchase stuff without money. Are you listening to me today? He says, come buy without money. So that means God can bless it to you. But I'm telling you, you I mean, I, I, I know some of y'all are mad, right? I can feel it. You mad right now? I'm trying to get you out of yourself and I'm trying to get you on the thinking about how enormous God is. And if a porn star can fly around in a private jet, a pastor can fly around in a private jet. A congregate can fly around in a private jet. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm trying to get you, I'm trying to get you thinking high. Some of you have been working at jobs. You need to start thinking, I need to own this company. I need to be an owner. Matter of fact, we need to stop doing tasks and we need to start owning stuff. Are you listening to me? We need to start being owner. We need to have an ownership mentality where that, you know what? When you step, when, when I dropped Zion off at college, I said, listen, I'm a kingdom man. I'm stepping on this campus and this dorm little area where she at, I own all this. Are you listening to me? I stretch my hand as an owner. God said he's going to give us land and we're going to have dominion. I said, I take dominion over this dorm. And there's 20 people in that dorm. They all safe because Zai's there. You know that, right? They all safe. Everybody's going to be fine. I take dominion over this dorm. In the name of Jesus, no her harm or danger shall come across this dorm. I own this right here because Zai's here and God owns Zai. I own this. <laughs> who's, who's listening to me today? She's fine. She's going to be fine all year long. I speak the same over your children. Receive this. Your children going to be fine in Jesus' name. Everything is going to be all right with your children. Things are going to go well with them, and there will no curse come upon them. Satan can't touch them. They are free to do what God's called them to do in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout about it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We serve a big God. So when Zah stepped on that campus, the Spirit of God stepped on that campus. When you step into a grocery store, oh, I'm so scared to go to the grocery store because, you know, they got guns out there. Step on in there and say, ain't no gun going to go off in here. I came up in here now. Every devil must stop and cease and desist in his maneuvers to stop this. What's going on? Are you listening to me? Now, if God tell you don't go there, don't go there. If God say, don't go to Walmart today, guess what you better not do? Well, I'm a kingdom man. I went on in the Walmart. Now I'm going to have to go visit you in the hospital somewhere. And I'm going to ask you what happened. Well, God told me don't go, but I was a kingdom man. No, you better not go. The spirit of God takes precedence over. The spirit of God, listen to me, takes precedence over some scripture you have found. The voice of the spirit of God takes precedence over that. You find a scripture, you better hear what the Holy Ghost is saying about that verse at that time. But his angels has given me charge everywhere I go, keeping me in all my ways. And so my family and I, we step out and we're not thinking about, uh, should I be looking at the exit over here? Okay, what's going on there? Is it Pookie? Oh, Pookie looks, Pookie looks scary over there. We're not thinking about that. We plead the blood. Now, uh, Steve is one of my security guys when I go places. I want him thinking about that stuff. Steve, you keep your eye on Pookie and Ray Ray. I'm going to keep my eye 
on doing what God's called me to do. Amen. Amen. You got to know who you are. You serve a big God and your time is not up. Amen. So stop saying stuff like this. Let me get back to my notes. Y'all got me excited up in here. <laughs> Glory to God. Stop saying I can't afford this. Don't say that no more. Your kids ask you, uh, can I buy that? And you know you ain't got the money. Just say, not right now, sweetie. Not right now. Not right now. Mm-mm. Well, why not? I said, not right now. And that's all that matters is what I said. Okay. And stop saying I'm on a fixed income. Well, would you, um, do you want to go out to eat? Well, I'm on a fixed income. Stop that. Stop that. Just say, if you don't want to spend the money to go out to eat, say, I don't, I'm not going to go out to eat today. But don't limit yourself and God because God could be telling them to pay for your lunch. Come on. You just say, you know what? Today is not a good day. I can go out to eat today. And well, I'm going to buy your lunch. Oh, today's a good day (laughs) to go out to eat today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Don't say I can't afford this. I don't, I don't say that anymore. Matter of fact, a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, he, I love talking to people that think big. Get away from folks that are thinking uh, like a low-down, dirty worm. Just separate yourself from that. Because you are the five people that you hang around with the most. Think about the five people you talk to the most. That's how you think. Y'all are thinking the same way. Get you a new five people. So I love talking to people that think a little more. And so one particular guy asked me, a good friend of mine, he, think, he thinks on a high level. He said, uh, uh, what kind of, you know, what, what kind of car are you thinking about? You know, just, you know, and um, I said, man, I really, I really like some car. And I named some car that was like $125,000. I said, I really like that car. And I started laughing. <laughs> I really like that car. <laughs> he said, why did you laugh? Well, I laughed because I can't, I can't afford that kind of car. Why did Sarah laugh when God told Abraham, you gonna have, y'all going to have a child? And he was, he was 100 and she was 90. She laughed. Why? Because she didn't believe God. So he said, I said, I said, man, I really like this car. And, and, and I said, man, he said, he said, um, I said, and this is what I said. This is what he challenged me on. I want to challenge you because he challenged me. I said, but I, I said, even if I had that kind of money, I wouldn't spend it on, I wouldn't spend it on that car. Why did I say that? Because I'm limiting myself to thinking that's the only type, only time I'm going to have that kind of money. I'm only going to have that kind of money this one time and I won't do that. And he said, what if God told you to use that money to get that car? Challenge me. He said, stop saying it's expensive or you wouldn't use that money in the car. God could get that money to you for that purpose. Let me tell you on a smaller level. There were some shoes that I like called the Nike Vapor Max a couple years ago, and they were nice. I, had, I needed to step up my tennis shoe game. And I like these Nike Vapor And I saw some guys wearing them. I said, oh, Lord, these are nice shoes. I went online. I said, I'm going to pick me up some, baby. I went online. They was $250. I said, baby, I'm not going to pick up none right now. <laughs> not going to pick up none. And, um, and I was tempted because, you know, I had a credit card. I said, I can just put it on the credit card. 
and believe God to play it off. That's called foolishness. Foolishness. Side note, if it wasn't for credit cards, prices of things would be so low. Think about that. Because we can easily access anything we really want by a credit card, prices shoot up. Imagine how much your house would be worth or how much you would have paid if we couldn't borrow the money to get it. The house I live in, I'm not going to tell you how much it's worth. It's worth a lot. I, I probably could have saved money if it was no way to get a loan and bought it cash. But because you can get a loan, prices shoot up. And so the thought was, you know what? I'm going to put it on a credit card. That thought, Chris, I'm going to put it on a credit card. And I said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. God, I ask you to get me some extra money so I can get these VaporMax cash. That's all I did. Went about doing my, my daily business. Spur the moment, I get asked to speak somewhere. Can you come speak somewhere? It wasn't even a church or nothing. It was just an assembly of people. Sure. I, I went and I spoke. I get done, they hand me an envelope, uh, uh, you know, a card. I, I didn't even open the card. I get home, I didn't open it, got busy. A couple days later, I saw the card. So let me open the card. Open up the card, $500 in the card. The Lord said, don't just get one pair of Vapor Max, get two pair of Vapor Max. Are you listening to me today? Get two pair. Can I, can I just full disclosure with you guys? I went to the store with that $500. And I got one pair and I went home and Stacy said, I thought the Lord said, get two pair. I said, babe, just one pair. She said, the Lord said, get two pair. I went back in my car, <laughs> drove back up there and I got two pair of VaporMax and I came home. The man said, you back? I said, I'm back. I'm back. And I got two pair. God blessed me with that money for that. Prayer. When I opened up and I saw that, he said, don't get hurt in my heart. Don't get one pair, get two pair. But because I choked. On leaving with $500 worth of shoes. And I ain't the only one in here that's choking on stuff. I choked on it. I went home and disobeyed God. got one. Thank God for a godly woman of God. I said, you better get back up there. You better get back up there. Because I don't want, I don't want nothing hindered going on with me. You're going to be like Aiken having that money sitting in the home that ain't supposed to be at the house. I said, let me get on back up there. God will grant your request. If you abide in him and his word abide in you. So the request, the desire is from him if you're abiding in him. And it's okay to desire something that is outside of your normal request. It's okay. I know religion has told you that it's not. I was raised to really, you know, this is all you really Really need, unintentionally raised this way. This is kind of all we really need, us for, no more sort of thing. And God's saying, I want to give you more to bless somebody else with. Hallelujah. We, we've had situations where God's given us more and the Lord said, this money is not for you. It's for someone else. And we take that money and we're like a conduit. We take it and we give it to whoever the Lord told us to give it to because God is not limited in what he can get to you. Matter of fact, Ephesians 3.20, put it on the screen. Ephesians 3.20, I like it in the Passion Translation. Ephesians 3.20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. 
He will achieve infinitely, infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. There's some key phrases in this. God's going to accomplish this. He will achieve, not you, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. He's going to do that. He's going to achieve more than your unbelievable dream. He's going to exceed your wildest imagination. But here are three ways, as I wrap up, here are three ways that we limit God. Number one, we become overwhelmed by the bigness of the problem. We become overwhelmed by the bigness of the problem. Your problems are never bigger than God. Say this out to me. My problems are never bigger than God. Number two, we forget his former works. And forgetting his former works limit him, limits him for future results. Let me say it again. Forgetting his former works limits him for future results. Matter of fact, in Psalm 78, 42, it says, they did not remember his power. So in verse 41, they limited God. In verse 42, they did not remember his power. So by limiting God, they, how did they do that? They didn't, they didn't remember his power, so they, therefore they limited him. So we cannot forget what he's done for us in the past because it will limit him in our future results. So number one, we're overwhelmed by the bigness of the problem. Whatever the problem is, you are overwhelmed by it. Number two, you're forgetting its former works. And number three is unbelief. Unbelief. Mark chapter six, verse five and six. Mark chapter six, verse five and six. It says, now Jesus could do no mighty work there. Jesus could do no mighty work there. Jesus could do no mighty work there. It didn't say he wouldn't do. It said he couldn't do. So he was unable to do a mighty work. Jesus was unable to do a mighty work. He was unable to do a mighty work. And verse six says he marveled because of their unbelief. Because of unbelief, Jesus could not do. Not wouldn't do because he's willing. He couldn't do a mighty work because of unbelief. And so in these three areas, don't be so overwhelmed by the bigness of the problem. Understand that you serve a big God. Don't forget what he's done for you in the past. I have the microphone today, but if any of y'all had the mic, you could tell of all of the stories that God has come, for, come through for you in the past. Don't forget those things. It's fuel for the future. And number three, unbelief, which is refusing to believe or refusing to have faith. If you refuse to believe, you can literally cause God to not do a mighty work in your life. So don't limit God. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.